and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Takers Snapshots podcast. I'm your host today, Rich Polly, and joining me is young Ben Hibbert. Hello there. And we I, might I love join... it when you call me young Ben Hibbert. It makes me feel like I'm not old. Young, young, <laughs> younger than me is not a high bar. Unfortunately. <laughs> um, we might be joined a little bit later on by um, Darren uh, or Liam or maybe both because we've um, we've reached out to both of them and, and they might be jumping in. So if they do pop in, we'll say hello to them. Um, but uh, you're not going to get to hear the early witticisms slash grumpy old man content from them. Um, so we've got quite a bit, yeah, we've got quite a bit of stuff to talk about today, but it's lots of stuff that's going to be quite short. So this might actually be a, a shorter podcast, but I do um, have like a, I have a bit of a list of things to go through. So if it sounds a bit like I'm ticking stuff off a list, that's because that's exactly what I'm doing. Um, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so the the first thing I want to talk about is. Um, Obviously, we ran the Sith Taker Open a couple of weeks ago, um, won by Tom, who was on with us um, the week after he won it. Um, it was great because Rich went there. It was great because I wasn't there. We <laughs> we had a lot of um, feedback that, um, well, well, I want to say two things. First of all, we had a lot of feedback from players um, about uh, the event itself and it being brilliantly run and a great success. Um, similarly, we had some feedback about the venue um, and the state of some of the facilities. So we fed that back to Elements. Mm -hmm. We're hoping that those are all going to get resolved. Um, so if anybody has given us that feedback, then thank you. Um, if anybody's got any other feedback, positive or negative, um, please do let us know. Um, we can't make our events better if we don't know what's going wrong, because at the minute we're sitting basking in glory and thinking that it's all all coming up roses all the time. So. Um, yeah, so we do appreciate feedback when we get it, um, and we do put it to the right place um, to make sure that, that it gets acted on as well. Um, and one of the key bits of feedback that we got actually this weekend was that was amazing, when's the next one? So we had a quick conversation, a few crossed wires, a bit of a message, and well, tickets are live now for, for the February the 5th and 6th <laughs> next year. Sith Taker Open 3 is going to be held in February 2022, as I said, the 5th and 6th of February. Um, tickets are £30, but that does include lunch and participation prizes. Um, so, you know, it's really a £25 ticket. And if past Sith Taker big events or anything to go by, most people will get store credit, if not everybody of some sort. Um, so really, you know, it's not actually much more expensive than the last ones. And there's going to be some awesome prizes that we've already started working on because we booked it all in, put the tickets live, and then suddenly thought to ourselves, wait a minute, that's only six months away. If we want to get something done custom <laughs> to, 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 you know, surprise, woe, and delight our uh, our punters, um, it's going to take some time to get that done. Um, so and also working... our stock box is a little bit low from what it yeah. was. Stock box is a little bit low, so here's a question. Um, if you have a random bunch of FFG stuff that you no longer want to get in touch, um, be able to make it. <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, I so... will give you one free hug and possibly, <laughs> possibly a back rub from Rich. Nobody wants Thanks. a hug from you, Ben. Oh, I... uh, shut up, Darren. It's almost like Darren landed in the conversation and it went south, even without him needing to speak. That's amazing. Are <laughs> <laughs> <Hi>, you, Darren? <laughs> the shroud of the dark side has fallen. <laughs> so yeah, Sith Taker open. Um, as I said, um, price already thirty quid. There's 150 tickets 
Um, so that is maximum capacity, basically, for element games for playing X-Wing, and actually a little bit higher um, than we've ever gone to before. Um, so I think the first Sith Taker Open went to 120 players and had 130-something tickets. So um, we basically want to make sure that everybody who wants to come can come. Um, it's been, you know, it'll have been two years since the last big Sith Taker Open, and um, we've not had any official word from AMG um, about organized play. Um, so uh, we dropped them an email basically and said, if we were to run an event this weekend, would it clash with anything that you're planning but you haven't announced yet? And they said, we can't tell you anything, but that seems a bit early in 2022 for there to be a clash. So that's as good as we can get. <laughs> so we're going to run it. Um, it was we, The reason we did that was because obviously the first Sith Taker Open um, was uh, the week before the system open that was announced was it like 12 weeks or something before it ran? Oh, um, less than that. I think it was like it was less than eight that. or nine. Yeah, it was like we, we had an event. We had 100 people booked and paid to come over and, and play X-Wing. And then FFG said, oh, by the way, the weekend after that, there's going to be an event. And we were like, hmm, okay. Um, I mean, really, it was FFG that lost out of that one. Like, Yeah. Like I mean, people I, that were coming over from Ireland and, and travelled over for the Sith Take thing were like, well, I can't come back a week later. Yep. And there were a load of Sith takers as well that had used all their wife points yep. or girlfriend points or boyfriend points or husband points. Um, it it was they... like, comfortably we could say that they lost 50 players from that event um, yeah. without, without it really being much of an effort. So yeah, it was um, it was kind of inconvenient. But yeah, anyway, that's a Sith taker open. Um, there are still tickets left. Um, by this time last year, the Sith taker open 2 had sold out, but... Um, Element haven't informed me that it's been sold out yet. So as of recording, there are tickets left, but I think we've sold about 50 already. So it's pretty impressive. And here's um, your one compliment, Rich. You did really well to get it all sorted out. He literally, we said about doing it, and then within the day, he messaged back going, yeah, I've got this date. Is that okay with everyone? There's your I, compliment. I'm not giving you any more. When I get focused on something, I'm a bit obsessive about just getting it done. So I need to I need to ride the wave, the wave of my enthusiasm now because <laughs> if I don't get stuff done now, it'll be like a week before the event and I'll be like, oh, prize support. Should have done something about that. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, 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 anyway. anyway. Uh, so, yeah, that's the Sith Taker Open. It's going to be awesome and it'll be great to see people. I know we've got people from America. Apparently, the entire Croatia team, separate of Matcha, um, who was their captain, the entire Croatia XTC team have independently said, that looks like it's going to be a great event, shall we go? And then Matcha was like, I'm so proud. P.S. I'm going to. <laughs> so um, we've, got, we've got the entirety of Team Ireland. I think there's 15 people going over from Ireland already. Um, a lot. And, and there's people considering coming over from um, America and Canada and stuff because obviously there's a huge amount of notice and there's not been any significant um, in-person events. So a lot of people have got, you know, X-Wing travel money slash wife points slash husband points banked up. So it'd be awesome, genuinely awesome. And if anybody's coming from further afield and they need help or support in local knowledge, guidance, um, just that kind of stuff, like finding places to stay, that sort of thing. The further afield you're coming from, the more we will literally bend over backwards to help you out. So um, please do get in touch um, if there's something that's stopping you from committing. And then um, we'll bend over forwards for the person that's travelled the furthest. Yeah, and you—you you know, I'm not the most flexible. I'm certainly not. I'm a fatty. I've, I've, I've got to say, I've got this big belly in between me. I can't oh, bend. Dear. 
Oh dear. <laughs> so so yeah. Anyway, um, we're we're not quite sure what the prizes are going to be, but um, we we've got an idea in mind that um of what we're going to aim for. So as soon as we, I, re I reckon we might have some painted chips off that guy we know. <laughs> one, one, one or two or maybe seven yeah um, so you know there, there's some things that you know i guess you can come to expect from a sith taker open and enigma wargaming putting some stuff out is is probably one of them but um we haven't asked him yet but you know we will um and then you know cogatoo stuff is going to be all over the place and you know, we're looking at other stuff like mats and trying to think of some more interesting prizing than you know just repeating the same stuff that everybody always does for every event that they ever go to so yeah we're going to see what we can get done um so uh, while we're talking about events uh, producer tim is also running an event um at element games in i'm going to say november tim do you want to jump off mute and just talk about this one quickly because <laughs> you know the details yeah it's uh so yeah 20, 27th of november already sold about 16 tickets i think um so there's a lot of world's prizes so you've got the 2019 uh red squadron uh dials uh you know sort of wedge Antilles, luke skywalker bigs um bits and bobs plus the acrylic s foils uh the old art cards uh and if i get over 32 players i will randomly give away to one lucky person the enigma wargaming uh, Darth Vader Defender and matching Tie Phantom Mid D cloak uh, that I have beauty. painted. Yes, things of beauty. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's an awesome box of prize support. Basically, Tim every time he goes to an event and wins stuff that he doesn't want to replace in his personal tray, hoys it in a box, and then once a year runs a big event where it's all just distributed among the rest of the community of people. No. Who I mean, I've I mean I've been very lucky over you know sort of 2018 2019 in-person events and then um and then under lockdown um you know not just winning like prizes but also people just like giving me stuff or i've, I've won giveaways on on channels and, and patrons and stuff like that so um i mean don't be wrong uh i have flown the Darth Vader uh, defender and uh could quite easily fly it but uh why not run a cool event and use it as a prize there you go. So tickets are available from you directly. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So if you well, no, it's if you check the uh, the Sif Taker page uh, under events, you'll find the event link, and it's just a PayPal link. Uh, cool. If you can send it to friends and family, and you can get refunds up until I think the third of November. I've got to pay the pay the bill at Element, so um, plenty of time. Yeah. So ping Tim somehow if you want a ticket. Yeah, or me message me on Discord if you've got any questions. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Cheers, mate. Um, all right, next thing to talk about, and um, I'm going to propose that we keep this segment brief because Oliver Pocknell on his YouTube slash Twitch channel did it for about four hours or something into the small hours of the Jesus. morning last night. Um, <laughs> I, 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 so the XTC finals is in a couple of weeks and the lists have been released this morning at time of recording. Um, last night, um, Ollie went through in great detail who's changed what, what they've done, why they've done it. Um, where lists have changed, where players have changed, all this stuff. So it's a really granular bit of detail. Um, good bit of banter and chat as usual. So he had uh, Liam. He had um, who's Connor, this Liam you keep talking about? Sorry, Ian. Ian Baker. Oh, Barker. Ian Barker. Yeah. Uh. Um, so they had uh, they had Ian. 
they had Connor from Team Ireland and they had Funwalk on as well last night from Team Germany. So um, a little bit of a, a of a, a, sh- a shuffle, getting a few more people involved. Um, yeah, they're just and, trying uh, to they're trying to push Ian out the door. You see, they just yeah. want people who are actually in XTC teams. Yeah. As a percentage, it's less Ian. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, so like the the funny thing that i picked up on was um funwalk referred to jonathan hall who's who's known as one he was like oh he's one of ours he's a hexiled gaming person and i was like he's a sith taker now he lives in manchester <laughs> <laughs> hands off he might have been playing with you on tts but he's an element games boy now so like when alessandro say oh yeah didn't he play for the warlords the who <laughs> Oof. Too soon? Nah. <laughs> oh, genuinely though, oh. I, I I am sad that the Warlord's shop closed. Like I genuinely am, because a big game store with a big community of people that we might not see at events because you know there's no central organisation happening to drag them there is is just sad. Um, there's some excellent people in the Warlord's team. Um, so hopefully they'll still get along. You know, obviously we Al- Alessandro has joined the Sith Takers. Um. Which is awesome because he's he's a fantastic guy and a great player. But it'd be great now to see the rest of the warlords coming along. Playing quite a lot of Marvel Crisis Protocol with Alessandro recently. Have you? Oh. And some <laughs> um, I, did, I did. I did notice apropos of absolutely nothing. Oh, well, of this exact thing, um, Harlequins ran a Hobbit or a, a Lord of the Rings or whatever it is um, tournament last weekend. And looking down the list of names, it was like, oh, that's where all the Sith takers have gone. <laughs> All just playing that. There's about half of the half of the half of the uh, the attendees were like names I recognised because they used to play X Wing at Element, um, including at the top of the list on day one was Colum, um, who's uh, basically all in on it now. So he's he's. I mean, he looks like a Hobbit, so I guess it makes sense that he plays you know the Hobbit game. So um, <laughs> um, are you, are you no, saying that maybe I should start playing? No, you've, you've no hairy enough, mate. You're like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> There must be baby hobbits too. I suppose. I suppose sorry, yeah, but they're still hairy. Sorry, sorry. Surely this is Gollum. I, I was thinking that. <laughs> I'm not that thin. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, Bembo Baggins. <laughs> I'm reading. Okay, so, um, in, in terms of in terms of the XTC, um, there were a few bits of changes to lists and stuff like that that have been shuffled about. Um. I don't know if you guys have seen the lists. They were only published a couple of hours ago um, nope. at the time of recording. A um, couple of things that have gone a bit mad. Um, Switzerland have got two. So their rebel list includes two rebel TIE fighters, Sabine and Ezra, um, as well as Hera and um, I think Kyle Katarn and... Um, some other stuff. Anyway, it's basically what's Ezra, what's Ezra do again? When you're stressed, you can uh, he has a force, spend force to change eyeballs or something. Two, I think it's two eyeballs when you're stressed or something like that. Um, so it's like um that crap force talent that nobody uses. Um, but it I used stressed. to love Ezra in one point Wasn't he when you're stressed, you could re-roll in one point No, you just changed your eyeballs to. Oh, that was it. He had permanent expertise, didn't he? When he was yeah. stressed. Yeah. No, it was um, um, crack. Stim. What was it? Stim. Stim. Yeah, space crack. Yeah. Um, like so it's while you defend or perform an attack, if you are stressed, you may spend one force to change up to two of your eyeball results to evade or hit results. Right. So it's like brilliant evasion that everybody takes. Yeah, but you have to be stressed. Yeah, no, I know. 
It's, and, um, it's basically decent. It's decent on a K turn if you roll double eyeballs on your three greens. I suppose you can do the barrel roll and evade. Yeah. And then you've got mods for it all, I guess. Yeah, you can, you can have, the, technically have a linked action. It. Oh, I'm on the wrong one. I'm on the shuttle. I don't know. Yeah, which it one. doesn't it's... have a linked action. It's a TIE well, fighter. It's... No, I clicked, I clicked on the shuttle just to read the ability, and then I was like, it might be different. But it'll be yeah, interesting no. to see how that goes, because you know, I wasn't expecting to see that. And the other one Switzerland have got is they've got two Star Fortresses in their resistance list, plus Rose in a pod. So they've got oh. Finch and Cat. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, wow, okay. Um, you know you I, love it, though, don't you? Well, I've had a look at it, and I kind of I, I understand it. So like, Rose is going to coordinate Cat. Then Finch is going to drop so just because no one probably knows yeah. that cat is while you perform a primary attack, if the defender is at range not to one of at least one friendly device device, roll one additional die. Yeah, so she she trads him stuff out and puts a fuse on it. Finch can shoot. And I think if it's the list or the combo that I'm thinking of, I think Finch has page gunner on so that he can shoot, then drop a bomb. So, so before that, you would so drop a bomb. You may place it in the play area, touching you instead. Yeah, so you use Page Gunner to drop a bomb after you shoot at I-5 or I-4 with Finch, and that means that that bomb is in range one of whatever Cat is going to target, so that Cat gets a four-dice front gun and then a two-dice uh, three-dice follow-up rather than three and two. It's four and three. Um, so, and, you know, Rose coordinates target locks on the Cat. So I'd like the... It's a lot the, of the holes, well, isn't it? Yeah, so the the combo's there, but the the problem with it is, is it it doesn't have anything defensive, and those things do explode. Some so, of uh, us uh, own two star fortresses, so we can I, run I this own. in real life. Yeah, I might give it a whiz. <laughs> um, so, sorry, go on, Darren. Is this Switzerland? Yes. Have they just decided like they've made it to cut so YOLO? Because I don't understand any of this. So, like a lot of people wrote Switzerland. Oh, it's off. both of them, Switzerland. Yeah, both of them are Switzerland. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so a lot of people wrote Switzerland off, and they lost their captain. So Raphael, um, who we've talked about a few times before, Raphael Islin, um, Green Dragoon, he's, he's known as, um, he's not able to make the final. So he's passed captaincy on to, I think, Fabian. Um, oh, so... it's Fabian Zachs, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's, he's both Swiss and... Lichtensteinian? I think so. He's got uh, the single greatest accent in the world. He's like the <laughs> campiest Bond villain ever. I love him. <laughs> I love him. He was at the last system open. It was nice He's to finally like, meet him. Yeah, I played him in Italy, and he said something to me that even I won't repeat on air. <laughs> um, that's how outrageously offensive but hilariously funny it was. Um, and I absolutely adore the man. But he does sound like a camp bond villain. <laughs> oh, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on with the list choices in Switzerland. But what um, was the, um, yeah. what was the other tie fighter you said they had? Ezra I think, and I think it's Sabine who gets okay. the barrel. Sabine's okay. She, she gets yeah, barrel Sabine's good. Good. Yeah, little pocket so, ace. Po if you pocket put, ace um, against the higher things, or a great blocker against those it's, things. It's good with the, the um, what's it called? The one where you can debris gamble. That's quite a good one on it. Oh no, it's not. Ignore me. It's not. I'm thinking of the one that can link again. But I'm not even sure because I'm not looking at the lists. I'm kind of going off memory. But yeah, two yeah, two yeah. tie fighters. Um, and then uh, the other one that was a bit of a surprise um, was uh, Ollie Pocknell. 
um, has opted to fly like a 96-point Poe with two Procket A-Wings um, mm -hmm. and a 14-point bid. So a 186-point list for the memes, obviously. He, I mean, uh, he flew that he, at the weekend. Yes, he did. Yeah, I yeah. flew against him with it at the weekend. And it's it's very close. Um, he won in the end. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it's an interesting list. Basically, he plonks it down on the table and says, so if you kill Poe, you win. And I was like, right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he is very good with Poe, though. He's he's put the reps in, hasn't he? Because he's flying um, Ray and Poe for quite a long time. Yeah, well, I mean, absolutely. It's um, it's a list where um, you need to kill Poe, but if you... And because he's got a 14-point bid and he's got 5-5-6, five, five, unless you've got more sixes than him, you can't really bully his fives. And his Procket A-wings can just bully things with their bullseye arc or with the possibility that they might do the move and come in and proc at you um sort of thing so yeah they're um it, it's fairly chunky and how, how many points did you say it was rich his entire list or his poe no 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 poe like 96 or something so he's got ferrosphere yeah. paint outmaneuver r4 oh, wow. overdrive thrusters proton torpedoes so what he does with poe is he just drifts around the outside of the board and waits for an opportunity to come in and proton torpedo you from just like the edge of range three um but you'll you'll be outmaneuvered so you're rolling one less dice and it's a torque oh. so yeah he'll throw them single modded because it doesn't matter if he needs to you know he can double boost and then tar or target lock double or you know what i mean like oh, can, focus or yeah yeah so like he can boost in and target lock or you know if he's already got a target lock he can focus double boost to get it double modded in or you know and then he can just disappear back off again so he doesn't need to jump in and engage which was the previous thing with poe get an advanced target uh an advanced torp on him so that you can leverage that double boost to jump massively from outside of range three into inside of range one um whatever move they do basically um and uh yeah but but now he can just kind of play really cagely which all he likes to do um you know and i think i heard somebody saying that you know if you win 23 nil it's still a win um yeah it doesn't <laughs> matter does it? it don't matter if you're if you just don't engage and you win 23 nil you've won 23 nil and it's a win so you know mov doesn't matter if you go six and over five and one sort of thing you know so yeah um but I mean, he he does reckon, and he said on his on his stream last night that he reckons that he's just going to get dumped into swarms constantly by every single pairing process. But his view is that if he takes a swarm <laughs> off, well, if he takes a swarm off, it means that one of their other lists doesn't have to play a swarm. Because um, that's know. that's part of the advantage of the the pairing system. It's the game within the game for the XTC pairings is that you you know what you can put in, and you can so you can take riskier lists like that. Exactly. And to be fair, he's mitigated that riskier list by the other six lists that they've got are just solid, solid, solid lists in the hands of very, very good players. So, um, plus, Except that Sloan um, one. Yeah, so um, th that was the other one I was just going to mention. Um, so Paul Fulon, who played through the, um, the, the, the qualifying tournament, hasn't been able to make the final. So producer Tim has been called up from the subs bench. He was standing on the sideline trying to put me in coach. And um <laughs> and Ollie said, All right, go on, get get the shirt on and you go. Uh but yeah, he's given Tim the uh the tie aggressor <clears throat> Sloan Swarm. So I think it's a Reaper. Um 
So it's yeah. going to be interesting to see because Tim's obviously very good and very experienced at flying an assortment of swarms. But rather than you know tossing him into Mux plus Auto Blaster Six or whatever, um, he's kind of said, right, well, we're expecting lots of people to bring stuff like Sloan, so let's bring Sloan. And turns out they're the only Sloan swarm in the entire tournament now, which is wow. so horrid. Yeah, yeah, nobody else has. Do you want to touch on um, your list then, since we mentioned Tim's? Um, yeah, so uh, obviously I flew Venny in the qualifying bit, but um, in the final we've opted to go to Jousty McJoustface, aka Jess Mazzy, <laughs> Mazzy Beef. It's the the five ship resistance jousting block. So we've gone with uh, a fairly vanilla version, which is Jess Parva, two Red Squadron experts with Heroic and Rosenfin with I think Heroic and C3PO. Uh, sorry, Heroic on Finn and C3PO on Rose. Um, and it's 200 points, and it's a really solid jousting block of ships. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what we do with that. So, I am only playing on day two, though. We've got scheduling challenges in Team Ireland. So, um, Captain Marvel Gary McDowell is taking it on on uh, on day one. Um, and to be honest, if he does really well with it, I'll probably just be like, I'll oh, just excuse myself here, Gary. You can crack on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you Gary's gone them. five and zero. Oh. Now I'm going to come in and go zero oh and four on day two. Let's do it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know it would happen. You know it would happen. It would be hilarious. <laughs> also, you've got the. Um, I've noticed that you've been paired into England round one, so that'd be an interesting rematch when England have actually got more to play for this time, rather than knowing they're already through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it will. It it <clears throat> it will be. Um, it's also round one and. The other thing to mention um, that Ollie's done is he shuffled who's playing what around. So he's taken Julian out of Imperials because obviously Tim's playing them. Julian's playing Rebels, which interests me. Um, you know, he's obviously very good at flying those four ship lists um, and pointing all the arcs in the same place. He could have just left it. He's very good at flying them ships. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's good. He's a good player. Well, you know, he is. Um, so, um, we're not going to go into too much more on the XCC, to be honest, because if you want to to get the the skinny, the drains up on a, on the entire thing, then genuinely, I I bailed out at like quarter past midnight. He started at half ten, and he wasn't on the. I think he was on the third or fourth team, maybe at that point. You can but tell it's six weeks holidays, can't you? It's maybe about half. <laughs> About halfway through, I was like, "No, I'm, I'm done. I'll, I'll, I'll listen to the rest maybe at some point if I can be bothered." Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 interesting to see what the different teams have gone with, um, and it's definitely worth a listen. So he's he's on YouTube as Ollie underscore one eight six, and you can probably find him on Twitch as well, probably twitch.tv slash Ollie one eight six or something like that. Um, so yeah, so that's going to happen. Um, in terms of streaming for the XTC, they've released a streaming schedule um, over the last uh, day or so. There's going to be 10 streamers. Is it 10 streamers or 20 streamers? Anyway, there's I know 10, streaming 10 streamers. Two, yeah. two of each um, each round are streaming two yeah. games. I was, I was being dopey going, wait a minute, if there's 10 teams and 10 <laughs> streamers, that means they're only going to be doing... And then I was like, no, because one streamer will be streaming two teams at a time. Um, cause that's you caught me work. off guard then. I was trying to have a cheeky cough. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's going to be there, there's 10 streamers and every round is going to have two games from each pairing streamed. So, you know, 
England versus Ireland round one, two of our games will be paired. Germany versus whoever round one, two of their games will be paired and so on and so on. Uh, so it is going to be a bit of a festival of X-Wing. Get your multi-Twitch ready because there's going to be basically 10 games simultaneously streamed um, basically the whole way through the entire tournament. Um, and it's all pre-scheduled. So there's not going to be any of this or this, this stream's going to get the, the critical game you know, in round nine or round 10 or whatever, you know, it's basically if, if it turns out that, you know, um, Le Chancelier, the French guy, has got... Um, you so know, his YouTube the, channel name? Uh, it's his Twitch channel, yeah. But the <laughs> French guy? No, Le Chancelier, <laughs> or the Chancellor, maybe something. Anyway, um, so if, like, if it turns out he's got the, you know, the critical game in round 10 that's going to determine who's going to win the XTC, then he gets it. You know, so yeah, it's uh, it's going to be pretty cool because um, it'll give us something to watch um, when we can't play, um, and then yeah, keep up to date and keep hooked in with the team. It's more stressful watching than playing, to be entirely honest, because you can't influence it. You just have to watch and sit and cry. Watch and wait. I mean, I'm commentating with uh, Fearless Gundarks reached out to me this morning. In fact, oh nice. Uh, say could i stream i think they said i think there's a, like since i've had a look at the schedule um it doesn't line up but then because they're in australia they're in bed now so i'll catch up with them later but i'll be streaming commentating on one of the fearless gun dark streams at some point have they made you is... sign something sorry have they made you sign something no, like, I'm, I'm like 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 Gold Squadron had wished they made you sign something. Yeah, well, the thing is, that it's interesting because the Fearless Gundarks are streaming the same game that uh, Gold Squadron are. Uh, okay. So I just find it funny that uh, I will be the counterpoint to Gold Squadron if you're not happy listening to their commentary. Listen to me. So they're going to be streaming like game one of of a pairing, and you're going to be streaming a different game of the same pairing. But yes, kind of. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, no, so like for example, in round one, um, it's England versus Ireland, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, so Fearless Gundarks are streaming a game, and then Gold Squadron are streaming a game. Okay, cool. So you you will literally be sitting there going, don't listen to that loser. Come and listen to us or whatever. I'd never call Dion a loser. I love Gold no. Squadron. However, uh, they do not always appreciate my PG jokes. People's tastes differ. Yeah, and that is go. fine. We're going to leave it at that until, but unless you start making PG jokes again. Yeah, but no, when he does, but... we just cut them out anyway. Yeah, I know Tim's feeling under the weather, so I don't want to give him any more editing to do tonight. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really nervous, but I got my uh, thanks to Connor and the guys in Tonton Squadron in Ireland for sorting out the um, the various jerseys. So like we've got the cool graphics done by Gary Colton, and I think Simon sorted out the printing, and you know Connor's muled them to the Sith Taker open. But I now have a, an emerald green hoodie and an emerald green polo shirt. I was and... really surprised by the colour. I wasn't expecting green. Yeah, why not? <laughs> okay, you're being funny, right? Have you got like sponsorship badges on it, like Tato Crisps and Guinness? I wish. Might have got some money out of it then. No, just. Or free uh... Tato Crisps. I mean, I don't need free Tato Crisps because I buy them anyway. Home bargains, it's, it's easy to get now. But um, <laughs> yeah, and mum and dad come over regularly enough that I'm never short. But um, yeah, no, it's um, it, it it's fantastic because I've got like 
physical like two, uh, three, four, five forward templates that Connor sorted out, and I've got the the shirts as well now. So when I am playing, um, I've got them in mixed in with my Sith Taker ones and and the other various bits and bobs. So he also gave really me a template. Nice. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah, I've got. Um, I think it's four straight. Cool. You have to but use I need, that. I need to repaint it because uh, it it popped out again, and I just haven't done it yet. Fair enough. Because I'm useless. <laughs> cool. Um. All right, so that's the XTC. Um, we'll doubtless be covering it more in the run-up um, and then afterwards um, as well. So uh, I don't want to bore you all with it too much. Um, we got some spoilers. Next next point of topic. We got some spoilers about more stuff that's coming out in the Whisper Pack. Still nothing about what's coming out in the... Um... Y-Wing? Y-Wing, yeah. Uh, I mean, we know that one of the pilots has a name, but I don't care enough about that. Did we get any spoilers um, for the Y-Wing? We did get some. Uh, I don't no, even remember. No, 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 no. Shows how little I care about the Y wings. Like you know, Sam Brady just shuddered at that. Like he doesn't even play the <laughs> game anymore. But hey, you heard new Y wings were coming out. He, he might be coming. <sighs> just so sad. I'm so sad because the stuff that's coming out in the FO pack makes me really sad because it means that I probably want to go and buy it because of the Republic ships that I fly, but I'll come on to that in a second. Um, I'm like, oh, borrow and steal, brother. Yeah, I know. I have to go and give Protech some money or somebody like that that does card resales or see if I can find somebody who buys it but doesn't, you know, buys eight copies of every ship but doesn't want eight copies of Malice (laughs) or whatever. So um, anyway, let's talk about these things. So Malice, Dark Side Force Power. When you perform an attack, you may spend a force to change one eyeball or hit result to a crit result. If you do, after you perform that attack, if the defender was dealt one or more face-up pilot or crew damage cards, recover to force. Amazing, so, nice. I really like that in two places. One's on Kylo in the silencer, because of his I'll show you the dark side ability. Yep. Yep. Um it procs from that and the other is on um anakin in the etta yes with like a um auto blaster yeah so pilot or crew damage cards crew is an epic damage card trait it's not normal um pilot damage cards i think there's eight of them so eight out of 33 um so there's a something just under 25 percent chance that this will proc if you actually push a crit through um, oh, so, sorry. I thought it was. I didn't realize it was. You say it's pilot or crew, crew. damage cards. Yeah, not oh. ship. Um, so it's got to be one of the blinded pilot, wounded pilot, stunned pilot, yeah, one of, and, or whatever the other one Panicked. is. There, there's four. Of Panicked. Them. Panicked. Panicked. That's it. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so it's got to be one of those four. But you know, depending on points, that's the only time I'm going to say it. Um, it could liar. be. A You're a liar. To... You're going to say it again. Probably. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, better. <laughs> it's a great ability, isn't it? Though you know what I mean. Yeah. It, it is. It and and in a world where there's not very many um, good force talents that you actually want to take to spend force on, this is a great one because it. You're basically saying I can do this mod thing, and then there's a twenty five percent chance that I'll get to recover two force. Yeah, okay. I think it will be very dependent. So, for example, the the one that I specified with Anakin. Like depending on where it sits with the the droid that lets you do it based on a charge, adding the crit and the uh, oh, like marksmanship. Um, 
it's got to be kind of a similar point playing around with it for for that reason. It's good that it gets you um, the force recharging, um, but I I just take that as a bonus. I I think the yeah. ability to add in the crits is where it's at on on Annie. But for if, I mean, if Annie's for, got. So let's that's have where it. I Annie's got, it's just a happy, got... happy accident if you get some force back. Yeah. So crit me mannequin or Obi Wan. Oh no, Obi can't take it because it's dark side. So crit me mannequin. Crit me mannequin has marksmanship, R seven A seven droid, plus this, and auto blaster, and auto blaster. Basically means that he, if you're in his bullseye, is doing three uncancelable crits as long as he rolls the right paint, the right kind of paint, basically, yeah. um, to get that. Um, so he's doing between one and three uncancelable crits as long as he rolls some paint. Um, yeah, it's pretty dirty. But, you know, he can do that anyway. He just, you know, needs to roll a crit out of hand. But I guess it's now between one and four uncancelable crits, isn't it? <laughs> oh, God. You know, right. in, until this force power come out, I was absolutely didn't even know that he had dark side. At least, yeah. um, I was not even aware of it. Full on thematic is what it yeah. is. Full on never, never noticed because it doesn't say it anywhere except the um, PDFs. Yeah. And yeah, I never read, I very, you know, I read them when they first come out, but once the yeah, squad yeah. build's updated, I don't care anymore. Do you know something? I genuinely have a memory that we talked about it on this podcast and you were here. Did I? It's yeah. possible. <laughs> and we probably said, oh, that's really thematic. That's cool. Yeah, because, you know, <laughs> he's going through the character journey. And at this point, when he's flying that ship in, you know, the Clone Wars stuff, that's when he's starting to flirt with the dark side and obviously, you know, turn into a Sith Lord and whatnot. So, yeah. Oh, sorry. Spoilers for anybody listening. To the oh, right. <laughs> he's penetrating it deep. <laughs> yeah. Um... No. Do you know, Anakin only costs 63 points with everything except that force power on. Really? Yeah. So for Anakin, Auto Blasters, Marksmanship and R7A7 is sixty-three points. The the problem the the problem is it it leaves you with a hole in your squad when you put the other pieces in from Republic. So Republic squad building is difficult because you put the three things in that you really want and then you're either left with a twenty seven point bid or a twenty three point bid, not enough for a torrent. Um or you're (laughs) left with um, you know, like an something like 19 points you know there's just not enough to put stuff in well, so you're then like thinking well what do i change what to, what can i drop is i'm um, actually in talking about um, xtc lists one of the republic lists is really interesting which xy is flying for singapore which is republic fives so it's like plo Koon, oddball with a procket um in a torrent obi-wan kenobi and rick Lee. Um, with well, he's flying something similar, but he's got a bit of a, a love affair going on with Oddball anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good list, and it's what I wish I'd flown at Borden Brum at the weekend, but I didn't. I, I put Baby Anakin in and Ahsoka instead of Plo and Oddball, and then I had Goji in a Y-Wing instead of something else. Basically, it was like the same kind of idea, but I just did it badly, and I should have just stolen his Isn't that level, kind so. of a trait of yours? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Take a good list and make it worse. Yeah. No, I had, th- I had, I had three lists in my head. And I and say packed. that with love. <laughs> I know. I had three lists packed. I had three lists in my head and packed, and I put one into Yasby, so I just had one in on, uh, not Yasby, TTS, TTO, whatever. On um, take elements the of the three lists you had in your head. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> but I had, I had, I had XY's list. I had, um, 
a similar version, but like with it was like a meme list that had like Obi Wan Kenobi with Duke and Foresight, and it was like literally yeah, was just going to spend the entire day that trying to get that combo off. I know. And then there was the one that I ended up playing, and I was thinking in my head, I'll decide which one I'm going to play on the way down. And then, like the night before, like eleven o'clock or something, Brian the TO just was like, "Right, lists are locked. Everybody can see what's being flown." I was like, "Dude, <laughs> dude, <I'm> settled." <laughs> I just put one in, and he was like, "Well, you put one in. They were all in, so I locked them." I was like, "Oh, raging!" Um, but I had great fun um, flying baby Anakin around. He's always a laugh to fly. Um, so, anyway, next next ability. Here's another one. This this is fantastic. This one, um, shattering shot. So while you perform an attack, if the attack is obstructed by an obstacle or the defender is at range zero of an obstacle, you may spend one force to add a focus result, so add a result. If they're at range zero of an obstacle, so if they've, they've hit a rock um, or it's obstructed, first thing that pops into my head is um, ATAs. It's a force power. It's not limited to darker light. Um, ATAs with Jedi with um, trick shot and you know this and so you're as well as rolling your two three dice whatever you're adding one adding a focus result and adding an extra dice for trick shot those those yeah, five to... those, those five dice um bullseye shots i mean it's quite out. nice with etters as well because they can point themselves at a rock and then barrel roll out the way before they move yeah with um, shenanigans yeah, yeah um, I went to layer in the Falcon because you could probably put trick shot on as well. I know you can't put the trick shot on. Tell him. No, but, but still, um, you know, it's good. But... And Ray, Ray in the Falcon as well. She's going to enjoy yeah. this because it's adding another result. So, you know, you've got Finn adding a blank. You've got this adding a focus. Um, and then you've got Rose with Sorry, does it, target. It adds a result, not changes. Yeah, adds, no, 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 adds. Adds oh. focus. Yeah. So she's rolling, what, three plus Finn plus focus. Um, or four plus fin plus a focus, six dice. Um, yeah, I'll, spend, I'll, I'll spend. I'll spend one of them with uh, with Rose to get a target lock. Oh no! I'm only rolling five double modded attack dice into you. Let's go. I also kind of like it on a Sarge. Yeah, there's a lot of places this is going to see play. Um, <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see. I yeah, I mean the Atlas is an obvious place for it because of intuitive controls. But yeah, the big base ships that have got. The f- a bit of force, you know, because you know you like instead of being oh, I should take a target lock. It's like no, just take a focus, roll your dice, add a result, you know, spend a force to add a result, and then spend your focus if you've got more than one. If you don't have more than one focus result, just add a focus and then spend your other force. What's the yeah. exact wording on it? Uh, if the uh, the whole card, yeah. While you perform an attack. Before. If the attack is obstructed by an obstacle or the defender is at range zero of an obstacle, you may spend one force to add one eyeball result. Personally, I think it's just okay. I mean, when it triggers, it'll be good, but so does that mean you're not going to trigger it every ground, are you? I was going to say, does that mean Vader can use it? Which one? The Defender Vader. No, because he can only spend... You cannot spend. Oh, no, force oh, no, he can spend attacking. force while attacking. Yeah, so he can. Yeah. I'm just looking. Yeah. yeah, Vader Defender could use that. Because I don't ever trust Rich on rules. I've learnt my lesson. No, it's you can only spend force while attacking, so he'll be able to do it. Because it's while oh, an attack, you may spend one force. Yes, you know Vader can. Vader can use it. Yeah, I just I've, I've learned to not trust Rich on rules. 
which is entirely fair because yeah. I remember again it, this is this is not in a nasty way. I just so, know who you are. So would you <laughs> would you not take it on uh, meme crit Annie uh, doing obstructed bullseye shot with your auto blaster? Adonai Ball, he'd be turning all those crits up. And yeah. and then who cares if it's obstructed, you can't dodge the crits anyway. I know, but you're having to choose Shattering Shot versus Malice with yeah. Crit Me Manny. But Crit Me Moby, on the other hand, is all over this. Um, and it's not limited. So you I know, think it'll just be okay. I really don't think it's going to be meta-breaking. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see, we'll see. It'll be interesting. I mean, if, if it was that great, you'd see Trickshot everywhere, wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. you did right at the start. When it was one point. Yeah. yeah. No, it's four. <laughs> no, no, we're not playing that. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next one is another force power. So this is, you know, I, I really hope that they have these in the Wywood box as well, but I don't think they're going to. <laughs> it's a first order box with the light side force powers in it. Cool. Um, so it's called <laughs> Compassion. Um, before another friendly ship at range zero to two would be dealt a face up pilot or crew damage card. So again, it's that 25% chance. You may spend one force. If you do, that damage card is discarded instead, and you are dealt one face-down damage card. Then, if you have two or more damage cards, recover two force. So, it's light side only, and it's got a lovely picture of Kylo cuddling Rey at the end of the last movie, whatever it's called. So, this is very obviously linked into something that's going on, um, but, I mean, this just goes on Rey, doesn't it? If you want to. Um, like use like a skinny ray with just this and use her as a, it. a damage sponge. I don't know whether I like ray as a damage sponge. She's the one who punches things. I mean, so the damage card is discarded. So you get rid of a pilot damage card and then you take a fit, you dealt a face down damage card. And on the second time that happens, or if you've damaged cards already from standard damage, you recover two force. So if somebody's shooting at you before you shoot at I-5, so it basically would mean that she'd never be forced starved once the damage card started being there. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not convinced by it. Um, uh, yeah, I think but... it will be good. So I know where I like it. I, like... Do, I told you we're not doing things that Tim's going to have to cut out, Darren. No, I kind of like <laughs> it. On, um, even though it's not too force on Leia. Because she's a support ship, and yeah. also you can put R2-D2 crew on her. Yeah, and you can start regening shields. Yeah. yeah. So oh, you, can, yeah. you can keep yourself above half points if you've just got those two damage cards, you see. Yeah. I, I like it more up. there than Ray. I, I, I don't really like passing the damage like that. Because usually you pay a four stacks. So it's like there was that selfless. It's going to be expensive anyway, isn't it? Yeah, yes. but selfless you can put on all sorts, and you you already pay in attacks just for having a force user. Yeah, I mean the other thing is that you can put it on, you know, generic Jedi knights and stuff like that. I mean, stick it on Ezra Bridger and just have him as like a a mobile three point uh, uh, thirty point hull upgrade. That just does it a few times. <laughs> I like oh, it on right. something cheap more t- than something that you spend in points on. To be honest, yeah, and and there's nothing cheap that has force. So, well, Ezra's twenty eight points in the Tie Fighter. We were just talking about it. <laughs> yeah, 
I 30 mean, points to keep something useful alive. It'd be yeah, interesting maybe. if they made the um, Kylo Whisper light side because he's on his way to changing over. I think he will have light and dark ability. I think he'll be able to have both, like Anakin. Yeah. Kind of the that point of his journey because, again, spoiler alert, if you've not seen the awful film that is The Rise of Skywalker, um, he technically goes back to the light. I liked it. I'd lightsabers. I mean, yeah, and also, you know, <laughs> these these cards are coming out in the first order pack, and yeah. their only force sensitive pilot is Kylo. So, yeah, but you say that and side things out. There's a modification upgrade in the Nantex, and they didn't have <laughs> that to start with. Yeah. Still one of the it. one of the Nantexes can take it. Yeah, Gorgol can now. Let me just let me just sigh inwardly. It's fine, <laughs> and it's problem. it's also on one of the quick build cards. Yeah. Um, next one, we're out of force powers, by the way. We're into um, TIE bombers, uh, TIE SE bomber, um, Dread. Uh, so, Devotee of Devastation. There you go. Some, somebody's, somebody had Alliteration Tuesday when, when they were writing this card, didn't they? Uh, so, he's Initiative 3, um, TIE bomber. So, all the stuff that you know, you've seen already. After you reload, each ship in your bullseye gains a deplete, which is the one that means you roll one less attack dice. Um, so that's it's quite good considering it can red link into an evade, yeah. Yes. And can you can you reload without recovering any charges? I so can you perform a reload action like and just have him a... judge, <laughs> judge. This is like a mobile depleter? I guess you probably I, I can't see any reason why not you do it and then you just don't recover a charge. But you know, you would need to look at the text of the reload action and see if it has. I'm just trying to find it now. Yeah, I'm just going to look now. I'm trying to think: is it like when you coordinate and there's no one in range, you've still performed the action, but it's failed? But you can't do a I zero. Mean, you can't do a zero thing now, can you? So you can't spend zero tokens for abilities. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. But you perform the reload. Uh, it's the first one. It says choose one of the ships equipped. Blah blah blah. Um, that has fewer active charges than its charge limit. So no, ah, you can't. You can't. Okay. So, so stick some bombs on in them. You can't just buzz around, ratchet in the reload button with no bombs in the chute or whatever. Yeah, no. I suppose you can drop one every turn and then do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can you can make yourself very annoying, <laughs> definitely, with this. Um, Are you this bummer? Yeah. <laughs> um, I So, I, I mean, I think he'll see play, but uh, it's the kind of thing where you look at it and you go, right, you've got him, so now I need to plan for the fact that you're going to um, potentially uh, deplete me this turn. So I either, he's at I3, so I'm either going to dial in a blue um, so that I can clear it with my move, uh, or I'm going to put myself somewhere where it doesn't matter. Um, so it's just another thing that you need to consider when you play against one of these salady type of lists, you know, with multiple mixed pilot abilities yeah. and stuff. Yeah, um, I think it'd be interesting to see with um, like other ones that are similar like that, like um, Von Reg. Who again in the system phase does the if you're in bullseye you take uh is it a deplete or a strain? Those kind of yeah. to negative token stacking things seems to be like the first orders thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's we've got bits and bobs of it, and there is a lot of if you're jammed you can do this with the whisper, and there's a lot of weird combo stuff coming out and won't really understand it until we see everything that's in the pack because they they have obviously built stuff that combos, yeah. Um, but we don't know what it what that combo is yet. If that makes sense, um, it, it, you'll need better players than us to kind of come up with <laughs> combinations. Oh, you know, I think for these, 
yeah, I'll just uh, I'll just wait until the next event where somebody runs something and I'm like that can't work and then they'll win it and I'll be like, space. So um the next one is uh it's a missile bomb upgrade. Uh, so crossed missile and bomb upgrade called electro chaff missiles. So on the spread there was this big massive spiky thing that looked like a debris cloud kinda maybe um but like really wide. Um, and it's probably something to do with that. So it's 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 got one charge. Um, says during the system phase, you may spend a charge from this card and launch one electro chaff cloud using the three bank or four straight template, and then place a fuse marker on it. The card's charge cannot be recovered, so you can't reload it. Um, it's going to dump a massive thing in the middle of the board, and then something's going to happen, but we don't know what. I suspect, and this is pure speculation, just based on it what being... What your L5C Legolas? Uh, being it like, um, <laughs> as in electronic like warfare system, yeah. uh, I think it'll basically be a, if you fly over it, you lose your like, lock that you've got. It could be something, yeah. You it's, throw got a, it's got a fuse on it, though. So yeah, that so I think... Indicate I, that it maybe it, blows up as well. No, I think it stays there until it's, like... So, because you do it in the system phase, you possibly remove the fuse at the, like, cleanup step or the next system phase, so it stays for a couple of rounds, and then it yeah. disappears. So, and, yeah, it'll, it'll yeah, be, like, that's a, a good idea. thing. So, like, at the end... So, you do it in the system phase, then you move your ships... Then at the end of activation, the bombs go off, and that includes removing this fuse. fuse. Yeah. So it's a bit like the electro proton bomb in that you chuck it out, and then you put a fuse on it, and then two turns later, it does devastation in the middle of the board. Um, it's kind of going to be similar to that, but possibly it's not active until something goes up. But we don't know. I mean, everything's yeah. speculation. Do you have to fly over it? Does it affect everything in range one or range two of it? You know, what is it? We don't know. I don't think it's going to be a does damage. I think it is going to be a... It, it might jam them because they seem to be loving the jam stuff in here. Yeah. Um, I, I suspect it'd be something along those lines where it jams them or it kind of breaks locks or something along those lines yeah. that um, if you go through it, just because of the shape of it, I don't think it'll explode because it's an awkward shape to start measuring ranges and things from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it looks like it covers a big, chunky area. Yeah, it's a big old unit, isn't it? Yeah. So, cool. So we found out about that. Um, oh, yeah, and uh, there's there's pictures of it everywhere. Yeah, it's massive. Um, and, of course, the pack comes with jam tokens uh, and everything. So, yeah, and that's what we know about. So those are our spoilers. So... It's, I mean, it's interesting. Um, well, the thing that it makes me a little bit sad for is that all this cool stuff is turning up in the FO pack, and I just know that the resistance wildlings are going to be absolute bobbins. And maybe, it's, maybe it says a lot when even you're not that interested in it. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm interested, and in, uh, but I've given up having hope because the last two um, resistance packs have basically contained like two cards, like ZZ and Overdrive Thrusters. I mean that that phrase right there just sounded like a uh, a resistance pack having hope. Yeah, oh, please. Um, I mean, I I have got I have got a bit of a bit of thought about um. There's the uh, the the thing that allows you to fire missiles or torps from the Y wings and stop 
crits from being cancelled so there might be something there with plasmas being able to do like free damage basically um so it's like okay i, I kind of get it but um i mean some of the stuff that's coming out in the in the fo pack is just like obviously really good so it's like instead of trying to reach for or or hunt around for something out of the new pack you know this stuff jumps up and slaps you in the face and says this is obvious give it give it a bash and see if you like it um and i mean yeah the the last two resistance packs that turned up i think merle cobbin oh no zizi wasn't even zizi was in hot shots and aces wasn't she um i think so it was merle overdrive thrusters and that might be it so yeah anyway 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 anyway, anyway, anyway. i'm not going to get onto that um what time have we got oh we've got a little bit of time so i'm going to ask you a question right this is a this is a new topic of conversation i'm glad that i've got both of you on because i'm going to ask you a question because i'm trying to start to formulate some thoughts about how to become uh, like how players who are good at the game approach thinking about the game so obviously i haven't got anybody good at the game on so i'll start with you two to, to go so here's a question when you say back to dials when you're playing the game or you say planning phase or whatever, but when you go to that, what is the first thing that you think about? Was you just talking to me? Either of you, either of you. I, I missed all of that because I nipped for a wee wee. <laughs> okay, so when somebody <laughs> says, so, or you missed me, I, I wondered why you weren't chatting back when I was being rude about you. Um, uh, well, so... I couldn't wait any longer. It was that I wet myself. <laughs> I suppose I could have gone in the you've cat got, box. You've got no dedication, <laughs> no dedication. You should be wearing adult nappies. I fitted and... a catheter before this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my missus so... is a nurse. She probably could have done into the catheter love it's monday <laughs> um, so anyway the, the question was ben um in order to think about how people think about the game what is the first thing that you think about when you enter the planning phase so when you and your opponent are saying back to dials or and it's dials isn't it or clean up back to dial or whatever you know when you're playing the game yeah, yeah. with somebody what's the first thing that you think about well i've been flying a lot of swarms at the moment so I'm starting to try and think where my ships can go. And okay. then also, if if we're in that sort of... If I'm in blocking range, I'll start considering if it's worth blocking something or just getting all my guns on it. Okay, so let's think about the first, the first few rounds, then. Your initial thought is, where can I put my ships? Oh, like, I, I don't get that answer the question. The first few rounds no, is no, me I'm... trying to... No, go on. Yeah, no, go on. Go on, you go, Ben. Because yeah, yeah, Darren, Darren can talk in a bit. Yeah, yeah go for it, Ben. Yeah, I was just going to say, usually in the first couple of rounds of a swarm, I'm trying to figure out where the engagement's going to happen mm-hmm. and how I can get as many ships as possible pointing in that spot. Because usually okay. you don't have a lot of choice, like repositions and things like that. It's, this is my big arc, and I want to okay. catch you. So, same phase of the game, Darren, then towards the start of the game, what's the first thing that you think about? So, towards the start of the game, um, like, uh, pretty much always, uh, the first thing I'm looking at is what's my win condition. So, right at the start of the game, I'm, um, so for the first few rounds of kind of uh, picking up dials and setting it, it's more about where do I want my ships to be to kind of dictate that engagement. Um, and you also get those, you kind of get a feeling the first like two or three rounds, whether someone's going to kind of 
be cautious and play slow or whether they're going to be super aggressive and jump in. And and it also comes with knowing certain players, so you'll have seen them kind of on streams or you'll have played them before, or it could just be a good friend that you've played with quite a lot and so you kind of know their style. Sometimes you, you'll try and vary it up. And there's always kind of... There's always more than one move that you can do with the ship. Mm-hmm. And it's about do you jump in and go for that killer move that if they've not seen it, great, it'll put you in a massive advantage. But if they have seen it or they've done kind of half a dozen other moves, it'll put you at a disadvantage. It's that kind of gambling bit. Um, it also depends how bored I am. Like, if I want the game okay. to be done quickly, I'll jump in. But yeah, typically the first thing is kind of win condition and how do I get there from where I am. So, okay, yeah. so just just moving on then, you're in rounds three, four, five kind of thing. You've probably had your initial kind of plinky engagement where a couple of ships have traded at range three. And you're about to hit the meat of, you know, th- this is where we start shooting our laser beams at each other and trying to score points. Yep. The first thing that you think of at Ooh. that point. Um, again, it comes back to, again, it probably still is win condition. And this, this is difficult saying it outside of a game setting. Mm-hmm. Because outside of a game setting, there is no emotion involved. My head is in the right place to say... Yeah, I'd, I'd first start thinking about my win condition. Um, because if we've gone through an initial engage, one person's up, one person's down. So then it's a question of, am I controlling the tempo? So am I in a strong position and I'm still in a strong position that if I turn my ships around or position like this, I can press the advantage? Or do I need to disengage? So if I'm aces and I've chipped away and I've got up on points, do I then need to run away for another... 20 minutes to come back around to chip a few more points away so it's I'd, I'd look at the tempo and the way that the the motions of the game are going compared to win conditions okay that's what about you hand on, that's kind of hand on heart mm-hmm. emotion outside of it if i've gone into an engagement and it didn't go anywhere near as well as i wanted to first thing i'll be thinking is right how do i turn around and kill more stuff to get points back and that's kind of emotionally invested and not thinking logically um and i am that kind of player um which is why sometimes when i'm commentating i can say perfectly you do this 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 and this because i'm not emotionally invested in the game yeah you're not you're not even feeling the edges of tilt when you're abstracted from it um or whatever um what about you ben at at that point where honestly darren really kind of said what i was thinking but worded it better Okay. In all honesty, that is what you start thinking is after the first engagement, I need to know it for my head. Well, I don't need to do maybe something a little bit risky, but yeah, yeah, you worded it well. (laughs) So what what I'm thinking about is I I think that there's like maybe four things that people initially start thinking about when they go through their decision tree in the planning phase. And it interests me what order people do them in. So do you think about where I can put my ships? Yes. First. Or oh, no, not first, do you but... think about do you think about where can he put his ships first? I so kind of think, think of both them things at the, the same time. Yeah, because I've I've thought about it myself and a bit, bit reflective, and I always think that I'm always thinking I want the engage to happen there. So the move I need to do with my ship is this. And then I think, where might he put his ship? But I'm starting to think that having played some games, particularly against aces. 
that thinking about it in reverse, like thinking, right, first things first, where is he going to put his ships this turn? Is he going to fly into my engagement zone or is he going to do something different? And then then thinking, what moves can I do? And then thinking, what moves should I do? Um, but I think there's another thing, which is I think some people might take a holistic view of the board state and actually just like the first thing they start thinking about in planning phase is, right, that ship's got that crit on it. That ship's got two stress. That ship's got that. So that one's predictable. What, that's in front of a rock. So he's not getting any actions or repositions. So I know that he's hitting that or he has to one tight to avoid it. So I know where he's going to be kind of stuff. Um, and I'm just interested to know what order people think about that in. Um, and how they think about that kind of stuff. Because I think that it's difficult to map, like to mind map your own thought processes. But I think it would be super interesting if we started asking, like when we get people on the podcast, if we kind of ask them more questions about how they think about the game when they're in the game and playing it, rather than, you know, talk about lists and yeah. talking about, you know, strategies and tactics and all, you know, whatever. And, you know, talking about bemoaning the state of the country as we often spend some time doing but you know actually thinking about can we improve how we play by getting some you know really good players on because we know some really good players as much as we might not like to admit that the people that we know are really good players you know we do know some genuinely top of the world players that that play in and around us um and i think it would be a really useful and interesting piece of insight to see you know like if we could get tom back on and say you know, how do you approach the planning phase? Would you like genuine interest, you know, to know what you, you know, what your thought process is? And I think you're right, Darren, saying what's the win condition? Am I up? Am I down? Do I need to press the advantage? Do I need to start to conserve points? You know, do I need to cycle away and regroup and come back in again? You know, all of those kind of things. Is that the first thing you think about? Then once you make your decision, do you start thinking about where will he be? Where should I be to avoid that? Or where will he be? Where should I be? So I'm pointing at that kind yeah. of thing. So I'll, I'll look at the holistic view of the table because there are some moves that are just a given that 99% of the time things are things are going into it. So say, for example, you've got a, a Ty V1 that's stressed and pointing at a rock. It's going to hard one out because it's blue and it clears its stress. Mm-hmm. there'll be occasionally where some players will catch you off guard because you know that it's going to hard one, so it will do the crazy Ivan manoeuvre of shooting over the rock. Yeah. Because it can. Um, because actually they've worked out that it's better for it to take the 50-50 chance of losing a shield and not having an action than to be in an obvious position. Um, I know they're kind of corner cases, but they're they're kind of having that holistic view of, well, this person so far in the game has always wanted to clear their stress they've always wanted to do moves that um clear strain or put them into a position where they do x y and z yeah. um so you look at that kind of historic for the the nature of the game that you've been playing um look at what they've been doing to kind of feed into that so for example um some people will just force of habit get into a position and just take a focus action when actually thinking ahead, it might be better for them to take a target lock because you're you're not going to engage that turn, but the target lock sticks around, whereas the focus doesn't. And it's those you can exploit that as a player if you know that they're going to do certain things because they've just fallen into it because they're chasing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that holistic view is definitely important to kind of go right. These moves definitely have to happen. So, for example you know if someone's going to drop prox mines because you're behind them and you're in prox mine range. So it's kind of a 
how do I avoid that or how do I mitigate the bad position that it puts me in? Mm-hmm. Um, am I facing debris? Am I facing a rock? Am I facing the board edge? Um, but then there'll be people that will always kind of catch you completely off guard. Craig Reed, for example, throwing a couple of 5Ks in there in a final against his son. Um, wouldn't have called him either because there were millimetres from going off the board. Yeah, he did that from sitting down as well. Yeah, Disgust he did. Without his glasses on. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I don't know how he does it. I genuinely don't. He's some kind of wizard. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, that, that that's super interesting. And I genuinely think that I, I think I'm going to try and remember to ask um, guests when we get them on about their approach to, um, you know, the planning phase or, you know, decision making. And I think maybe we can do some thinking about, you know, doing some run-ins about like you know target priority and things like that because you know everybody knows that the phrase if you, you know focus on your wing condition um but ultimately an awful lot of people when they play x-wing they don't start thinking about their wind condition until you know the one hour timer goes and there's 15 minutes left and it's like right <laughs> am i up am i down what do i need to do to win or you know and that kind of thing and that's the point you know where people start to feel comfortable about running um where when you talk to or look at people like you know ben lee or ollie um who are playing from the get-go and they're like is my wind condition 23 points sniping half on something and then just disappearing for the rest of the game and, you know, am I going to play eight turns and on turn seven get those 23 points? Is is that how this game is going to go? Um, and that's, you know, people who have a very clear view of what I need to do to win this tactical matchup against that squad that's over there, um, where I think most players do just kind of, you know, well, I've got a plan. I want to flank with these two and send that block up the middle and I'll see what happens and I'll work out my win condition at, you know, 50 minutes, 60 minutes. Um, but yeah, I'm just interested to chat to people about that stuff now. It's it started to peak. Like, can I get better at X-Wing by thinking about the planning phase differently? And like making it learned behavior to think, what what is he going to do with his ships? What is she going to do with her ships? What am I going to do with my ships? As well as, you know, the more holistic board state stuff. So cool. Thank you. There you go. Some sneaky content at the end there. A bit different. <laughs> We're going to lose our reputation. <laughs> oh, actually we're talking about something vaguely interesting but didn't come to any firm conclusions uh, i don't think you will ever come to a, a firm conclusion on it because i guess yes. it's, it's how so you like, are isn't it you know well i, I might love... think about it a completely different way than say tom thinks about it I, I agree and i would love to talk to somebody like paul heaver somebody like duncan howard somebody like jack mooney somebody like tom reed um you know somebody like um mitch rab you know, these people who top four worlds or, you know, top eight worlds and, you know, who've won the big system opens, who've won national championships, you know, people who have beaten. These who consistently do well yeah. rather than yeah. one-off wins. It's like, like, I know we go back to Tom again, but, but Tom has consistently done well from as long as I've known him in one point all the way yeah. through. Yeah. And it's, it, it's something I think, Dave Sutcliffe said in his blog after the Sith Taker Open was like, Tom's almost like the end of level boss for Northern X-Wing because <laughs> you you know that if you're going to win it, you either have to beat him or beat somebody who's beaten him in cut um, because, you know, he will be in top eight. He'll probably be in top four and he's likely to be in top two. So, you know, if you're running up the other side of the bracket, you will meet him at some point. And if you want to win something um, in, in Stockport, you've got to beat him. Um, and, and you know, 
the reads do it uh, to such a good way. Um, and I remember chatting to them in first edition about it. And, and Tom's done it himself. Is that they look at, they'll take a, a good list because uh, they know it's efficient. So they're already starting from a strong base. And then they'll tweak it slightly. They won't do a huge amount, but so the final at the the recent Sith Taker Open, Craig had dropped um, Treacherous. Cutthroat. Treacherous. Treacherous. Yeah, Cutthroat. He dropped Cutthroat. And Tom had dropped the hull upgrades to get himself to a point where he knew that he was under the mirror match. Yeah. And everything else he had a plan for. So, I mean, the good top players their win conditions firmly in their head about how they're going to play the list before they even get to the table. Like they're doing it at list design stage before they enter an event and they might have one or two ideas about lists, but ultimately they, they know that they've gone, right, this is what I'm going to fly. And this is my win condition. Yeah. And I think, I think one of the things that you do notice when you play against kind of very top players is that you never get a gotcha moment against them. They read your cards and they understand what your list does. And then, you know, 40 minutes into the game, 45 minutes into the game, they they kind of go, well, at this point, you're going to do this weird thing that nobody else would think about. But it, to me, it's obvious. And that was something that I was chatting to Jack at one of the nationals or something. And I said, you know, how did you see that move coming from that person? I can't even remember what it was. And he said, oh, it was obvious. And I was like, to me, that was like, you know, there's an absolute backdoor 1% chance that he might do that move with that ship. And Jack was like, no, it was obvious. He was doing that all day because he thought it was a cookie move, but it wasn't. It was obvious. And I was like, I just can't see those things. You know, I, I'm there going, what's the obvious move that this person's going to do? And I play for that. And if they do something off piece to that, I'm just like, all right, okay. No shots for me this turn. It happened at the weekend at Borden Brum when I was playing Ollie. There was a couple of turns in the middle of the game where I was getting one range two shot into a tokened up ship um versus you know he him getting three guns on one ship and i was just like i can't fly <laughs> i can't fly my my i two three four five list with no bid against your five five six lids list double repositioning moving after me i'm just not shooting you um it's like this is you, you win games by rolling red dice um and if you're only rolling greens it doesn't matter does it yeah and if you notice that that list choice there by ollie is very much uh that's his wheelhouse it's a double reposition hybrid aces yeah yeah you can't do the same with say double fire sprays because yeah okay there you can have a bid and they're going at i5 and six and they've got a boost but it's not boost barrel roll so they play in a very different style to like ollie can just disengage for the entire game with that list if he wants to Mm mm-hmm but he wouldn't be able to do the same thing with two fire sprays. Yeah. And yeah. so that then plays into the playstyle of, I know that my fire sprays are going to eventually get caught, so I'm going to give up half points. I might lose one of them. How does that then factor into how I approach beef or swarms or double repositioned aces, things like that? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Win conditions is always an interesting one about how people see it and approach it um yeah yeah i think that one of the things that i have learned is that if you spend three or four turns messing about in a corner and then you joust it's still jousting um yeah. you you might you might as well have done a you know two forward three bank into the big obvious channel um if you end up jousting down that channel on turn five you might as well have done it on turn two 
uh, you know, and then it gives you more time at the end of the game uh, to, to, you know, get it back if you lose the initial joust. Um, but I do see a lot of people, you know, drifting up and down the board edges and then inevitably they joust anyway. Um, it's like, okay, yeah, could, could have just done that. Yeah, if you ever watch a game between um, Ollie Williams and Ian, um, the, the uh, like, yeah, the 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 joust always happens pretty much in the same place. Yeah. Um, but rather than it just being a straight on joust, it's kind of a they both go down a board edge and then turn in a joust. Mm-hmm. Um, Usually, Ian wants this joust, so to be fair to him, yeah, absolutely, because he's won so far. Um, in that matchup, it's it's kind of one of those, and in those scenarios, you have to kind of make a coin toss because if if you're both jousting, one of you's wrong. Yeah, one but of it the might not... adages of X wing that isn't it? Yeah, but it yeah. might not always be the same person because yeah. it could be that jousting is the best course for both of you. It's just that your variance will uh, be the deciding factor. I mean, I think there's a thing about you know. And it's probably a topic for another day, but if you if you can range control all of your ships into range of one of their ships and they don't have that same counterpoint back again, then you're doing better. Yes. And that's just all about range control. That's not about abilities and variance and, and modification. That's all about predicting what your opponent is going to do and putting the right move in your dial um, so that you can be in the right spot to focus fire on one ship. Um, and that, I think, for me, is the thing that I used to be really good at. Like, in version one, I used to get great first engages pretty much with every list that I flew, like, able to do that. And I think I've lost it since I started flying ships where I just kind of, I'll just put them here and see what you do. Um, you know, like flying Venny, you don't really have a thought process about what I'm going to do with that ship. You're thinking, like, kind of two, three turns ahead, maybe, about what, you know, what kind of area of the board you want to be in. But you're not really thinking or planning about, you know, well, if I do a three bank or a two bank or whatever, you know, and I can react or whatever, you're literally just saying, I'm going to stick my arc here. And if you fly into it, cool. And if you don't, I'll put my arc there again or somewhere nearby and see if you fly into it that turn. And I think it made me lazy in terms of flying small base ships um, and uh, range controlling things properly and actually, you know, playing, I guess, the game <laughs> because, you know, Flying a ship that you don't need to play the game is really helpful because, you know, it does a lot of the stuff for you. But I think I need to get out of that, which is why I'm trying to break myself of the habit of always just having a big ship that can take loads of punishment and I don't need to really worry about it too much. But I think what you should really do is literally go to the opposite side of the spectrum and just start throwing aces down. You're going to lose with them. Yeah, I you have know. been. It's hard. You know, it's you will lose, hard. but you've got to accept that that will be... Because I used to be awful at aces. So I started smashing them down and getting like absolutely trounced. But then slowly you start winning more. Yeah. I mean, I, last time I put them down because it had been so long, it did awful. It's something you have to keep going back to just to learn how to play against. I mean, yeah. we've all seen your game against Phil GC 2019. <laughs> Look, that would have been a different game if I actually had ever dropped that spare parts canister before. Yeah, of course it would. <laughs> you saw that. I remember the commentating. Yeah, it was it was awful. It was painful. Yeah. All right. Um, I think I think I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up there. I think because we've, yeah, yeah. we've we've chatted for longer than I thought we were going to, and it's been a super interesting kind of last twenty minutes of the podcast. And I think we'll definitely pick this thread of conversation up again in the future because I think it's the kind of 
stuff that um, subconsciously a lot of people either know or think they know but don't actively think about it and i think actively thinking about this stuff is a great way to just improve the game um or your own game so yeah so we'll definitely yeah no I, I like it someone uh, i was talking about this the other day i can't remember who too but some things just become like second nature muscle memory it's like when you're driving a car you don't think about changing gears you just do it um and like i'm a very active skier um and and have done since i was like 11 um, but if I tried to teach someone how to ski, I couldn't tell them how I do it because I don't, I don't know how I ski. I just go down the hill and this is how I turn. I just do it. It's muscle memory. Mm. Um, yeah. So it's those kind of things that actually, until someone poses the question, it's not really one that I've kind of done a thought process for. So, I mean, knowing what we both do as a job, Darren, yeah. um, we're, we're going to be flow charting this in no time. Yeah. When you're back off holiday, let's just stick in a meeting. <laughs> all right um so thank you very much everybody for listening cheers for jumping in darren um i know we were a bit a bit last minute and we've we've caught you on the hop with this one but it's, it's i think it's been great um so yeah, yeah. i don't think i've actually given tim that much editing to do no you've not even sworn once and neither have i i, I managed to choke it back the one time i nearly did so it's good it always um, makes me laugh but it's like you you swearing because <laughs> i swear a lot in real life i know i know i just uh you know, they, they they add to my sociolect to swear words. I try and use them for <laughs> emphasis. Um, but, um, yeah, sociolect, there's a word for you. Um, so the, um, have we got any shout outs? I do want to shout out Board and Brum. So I'll do mine first. I want to shout out Board and Brum. I went there last weekend. I've mentioned it a couple of times. It was a great room. Uh, bumped into, um, obviously, Ollie, Liam, um, Andy Cameron was there. The Greenaways were there as well. Um, room full of really, really nice lads. Um, very tight ship run by Brian as well. So um, I went 2-2 um, and honestly didn't care. I was having a great time. Um, so it was amazing to just be back in a room full of nerds playing X-Wing. Um, <laughs> it was lovely. Um, so yeah. Um, it looked like a pretty hard room actually from quickly oh, it, looking at... Um... It was fairly rude. Oh, Ed Ball. Yeah. Um, Ed Ball? Yeah, Ed Ball, not Ed Balls, because he's a Labour politician. Ed Ball, um, Sith Taker, who uh, we've not seen for a while since he moved from Manchester. I mean, we all saw him at the Sith Taker Open. Yeah, fine. Um, I haven't <laughs> seen him for two, I haven't seen him for two years. You know, I mean, it was a room. It was genuinely a room full of people I hadn't seen for two years, apart from you know Liam, who I saw on the Friday morning at the Sith Taker Open, and I waved at him. You know, as we traded goods and then I left. Um, so yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it was lovely, and uh, Borden Brum's a great little shop. Um, I say little shop, it's a big shop. Um, good amount of space. And if you are Birmingham-based or nearby, um, and I know they're not in Birmingham, they're in Walsall, um, but they're um, trying to grow out their X-Wing community, and they're starting to do um, events and buy the kits in where available um, and all that kind of stuff. So um, it'd be great to support them if you're down that way. I also um, liked when I was down there that they have a huge amount of stock Yes, yes. Like um, for such a small store, in terms of kind of its it, its its kind of footprint, it's like a huge amount of stock and a great amount of gaming space. Yeah, I mean the gaming space was enormous. There was twenty people playing X Wing, and we were kind of on one side of it. Maybe maybe two thirds of one side of it, and then you know, and and we only had two mats per table, and we could have fitted four. You know, four with no space and three with enough space. We had two with loads of space on each one. So, you know. Eight um, when they, there's no space. I know. They could comfortably fit. I think we're counting it up. They could comfortably put like a 72-person event 
regional on there. And I mean, that would be them busting capacity, but you know, they could easily put. I mean, the, um, I think they did have a prime before yeah, they did, COVID yeah. life. Yeah, <laughs> they did. I think they, I think it was just under 70, maybe. I remember I was talking yeah. about it. I think I had a ticket for it. Yeah. So anyway, have you got any shout outs, Ben? I'm sure I'm forgetting someone, but no, can't think of anything. Uh, Sith Taker League on TTS is starting again in a few weeks, two weeks, yeah. maybe. I was planning on starting the tables tonight, but it's a bit late now, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, I can't remember um, the exact day off the top of my head. If you do want to sign up, search um, TTS, uh, sorry, tt.to for Wretched Hive. Um, yeah, look for season, season look for three. Season three. Um, but yeah, there's links all over Discord, and, and if you want to be in, just, just give us a shout. It's, uh, it's free to enter, and there's usually some form of prize support um, for people that win each of the divisions, so um, yeah, I don't know yet. We'll see. We'll do something. We always do something, even if it's you know something that we probably shouldn't do, but we'll do it anyway. <laughs> All right. Have you any shout outs, Darren? Um, just one uh, to Jay Clare. Um, yeah, yeah, he was in. He was at Boarding Brum. Yeah, I. Uh, so he's, I've known he's Jay. Good, isn't he? Was, well, I've known him since he know. was almost prepubescent. To be honest, he came to Nottingham uh, Uni. Oh yeah. Um, and I used to play Blood Bowl with him many, many moons ago. He's really, really nice. Um, I played and, him at the Sift Taker Open. Yeah, he's only been playing since, like, I want to say January or March this year um, with a couple of guys like Ed Ball, um, who uh, Rich was saying. Um, and he did um, okay at Sift Taker Open, but then he came it, second. Uh, no, um, I think sorry? he went too far, actually. No, he didn't. He didn't go. Yeah, he went two four, but um, he stuck around. Came out for the social with us, and then he um, and then yeah, he uh, he went to Boarding Brom, and that was a tough room at Boarding Brom, and came second. Yeah, I mean there was a the world champion was sat there. Yeah, yeah, who didn't (laughs) come second. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you've got the World Cup, you've got Craig, you've got um, Andy, who obviously... Andy you know, Cameron. You, you, yeah, you yep. expect to see him in cuts all over the place. You know, there was a, a, it, was, it was a tough old room to be in. Well, you've, um, got, you've got Jerry, you've got um, Craig yeah. Reed, you've got Pocknell, oh, you've I, got... Yeah. Man, I forgot that Jerry was there. I mean, yep. Jerry's just won a system open. So, yep. you know, yeah, it was, a, it was a tough room. And yeah, Jay, I mean, so like we, we talk about Ed, like, you know, Ed has played tons of games and I think he was the world champion at the Lord of the Rings miniatures game and you know he knocked about with um oh his name's gone who was the Malifaux or War Machine or something world champion Jamie Perkins um, Jamie Perkins um, yeah he was War Machine one of the yeah War Machines who's one of the lead designers at Steamforged games so you know these are guys who play tons and tons of games and are really into their games and understand how games work and win conditions and list building and all that kind of stuff that we've been talking about. Um, and really, it's interesting to see how well they do when they just turn their eye to a new game and be like, that looks like fun. Let's see how we do with it. And, you know, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's what that's why, really. Like, Jay took uh, ships that he liked to the Sith Taker Open. He took Ray. He took, um, I think it was uh, an X-Wing. Well, and, I can't uh, remember it. Yeah, um, but no, I played him as well. Um, I beat him. So he actually. took, Z- yeah, I did as well. Uh, hmm. ZZ, Elo, and Ray. Yes, uh, but then he's kind of refined it, and he's taken Poe, ZZ, and Ray to uh, Boarding Brum, and obviously considerably better. Yeah. 
that's a that's a very good list. Pull raise easy. Depending yeah. on how you build it out, it's uh, it's it's triple aces, but one of your aces happens to be a Millennium Falcon with eleven hits. Um, so yep. yeah, but I think he put a bit more stuff on Ray and a bit less stuff on Poe or something. Anyway, you know, he didn't have the the naked almost naked Ray that I would use when I was flying that list. So yeah, I mean, Ray with Corsella, Rose, Millennium Falcon, and Finn. So still like a bargain at. 94 points. Oh, he's got a really cheap pole, hasn't he? He's got pole with heroic and integrated, what's yeah. not to like, and ZZ with heroic. Yeah. Yeah, so he's put the points into Ray rather than the points into pole, which is the way that yeah. people normally buy that. But yeah, it's a, it's a solid, solid squad. Um, so yeah, cool. I don't know if he listens, but he might do. You never know. One of 400 gaming podcasts I imagine that he subscribes to. We're gonna <laughs> I imagine we're going to see him around more from... I'm going to send him a bloody seems quite keen. <laughs> We've mentioned you on the podcast. You've got to listen. Yeah, for all those years I used to beat you at Blood Bowl, now you can come and listen to this. <laughs> all right. Um, so thank you very much both for coming on. Um, I think it's a goodbye from Darren. Bye for now. Uh, goodbye from Ben. Bye. And goodbye from me. Ta-da.